When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal, um, a Victoria Wood Memorial Edition, I like to think. Yeah, Victoria Woods died today, Josh. I know it's irrelevant. I did say that, age 62. But I feel 62, absolute legend. I've spent the last hour or so talking about her quite a lot on the radio, so she's on my mind because I did a thing on Five Live and a thing on um, Talk Radio, I think it's called. Uh, yeah, she, legend. I don't think she had any interest in Arsenal, though, Matt. No, but a, a, a legend in their 60s. Kind of fading away. I mean, that's oh a god, that's, that's a theme. already. You got <laughs> swelling there. I thought you were going to go with the Victoria Concordia. Oh theme. no, that's good as well. Yeah, no, I hadn't given it that much thought. She was just off most in my mind. That's what I'm saying. That was the voice there. That's Josh. Or potentially obviously. the dead wood. You might want to get out of the club or something. Ooh. Oh god, this is all this is <laughs> extraordinary already. Uh, that's obviously Josh. Psychic Josh is here. Thank you very much. I don't know why I'm making you. And Matt Mason is here uh, of Q Magazine. What's your official title, Matt? Uh, senior editor. Senior editor of Q Magazine. And Ricky Lawrence is back. I am back. I have no clever puns. No, no senior title, death, title, official title. No. <laughs> Arsenal fan. Arsenal <laughs> that's fan. That's, that's enough. Um, his own sports coaching uh, company. I do, I do. Doing disservice. Oh, I okay. Do. There you go. Yeah. You run a sports coaching company. Yeah. No, no budding young Arsenal stars in the making at the moment, though. No, as there aren't any either. In the, oh, oh, that's not fair. Is <laughs> oh, it? The come youth, on. youth team's all right, is it? Or is it? I don't know. It's all right. The, the women's team at least has got. Let's let's be, let's start with women's team's got to the cup final. Josh, they did get to the cup final. Yeah. I think it's very cheap tickets for the cup final. <laughs> that's, I thought, I mean, encourage yeah. a lot of fans. Matt's yeah. openly laughing at my attempt to positive positive start. No, no, uh, I attempt to catch Josh unawares. I think was the uh, oh yeah, and that as well. yeah. There was a, I, like I, I must admit a lack Josh. of uh, total knowledge on the women's team, and also. With the under-21 team, obviously, there's that direct link into the first team and you hope some of them yeah. come through and represent the first team. With the women's team, it's obviously yeah, not Jack, going to Jack happen. Jack Wilshire is our best hope at under-21s, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jack, yeah he has yeah, been yeah, playing. Three games, well, they weren't, weren't, we, weren't we on for promotion until they brought him on for the last game and uh, we lost it and blew promotion? Is that right? Under-21s. Wow. Yeah, I know they lost. Yeah. Triumph. He scored um, though, didn't he? In the, he did. Yeah. In the, yeah. I, I don't think we can blame Jack. For no, that. let's not blame him. We can't blame him. And Arsene has said that probably for the weekend at Sunderland tomorrow night against West Brom might yeah. come too soon. Yeah, but maybe the weekend for Sunderland. Sunderland yeah. It should be also another positive. Let's talk about the negatives though. Why? Why change the habit of a lifetime? Now the uh, interesting thing is, Josh, yesterday on um, the Twitter, you're already shaking your head. Why? I know where you're going. Well, I would just I have to ask because well, a couple of things. One is that there was apparently Tim, according to Tim Payton of AST fame, you've you've turned, you've you've gone from. I don't remember this moment. So he think he's listening to last week's podcast. Was it Tim or was it someone else? It was Tim. Tim saying that he heard last week's podcast. Now I'm, my main. 
main memory of last week's podcast is you assuming that we were going to win like 3 0 or something against um, Crystal Palace, which, to be fair, well, you weren't the only one, everyone would. And B, that you somehow thought we might win the league still as well. But no, you, I didn't say oh, that last week. I've given up on the league title. I, I, well, I actually listened to the podcast on the way here from last ah. week. And in fairness to Josh, I don't no, actually. He, okay. Yeah, I think it was more Dan. Dan seemed more Dan Robert, Dan Robert. He seemed a lot more confident that we could still win the league. Yeah, which, Dan. Again, listening after Sunday seemed all the more bizarre. Yeah. Well, yeah, know. he was right in the sense he was sort of arguing that Leicester could slip up and it wouldn't yeah. just be a formality from here to the end. I think that's what he's arguing. It's interesting. We obviously shared different main memories of last week's <laughs> podcast because my main memory of the podcast was you arguing that as soon as Petr Cech returns being in goal, <laughs> all would be secure. And in fact, oh, had he kept Ospina in goal, we'd fair probably enough. have won the game. And oh. actually, and actually we, we would well, potentially be on the way to we can, uh, an we am- <laughs> miraculous late title bid. We can address that point. So you're telling me, in, in hindsight, that you wouldn't have played Cech in that game? I'm not saying saying the word. I I said I thought Czech would come back, but, you know, if Wenger would have kept his argument that, you know, we've been playing well, Ospina hasn't really made any mistakes, it's unfair to put him out, then he conceivably could have continued with that that thought. However, we probably agree that that Pez Czech's a better goalkeeper. I'm just making the point. um, That was my main memory of the podcast, which uh, didn't transpire how it could have done. Yeah, it's fair. Again, listen to the podcast on the way over here. It did seem quite quite comical that it was... (laughs) A debate over Czech Rospina and Czech made the mistake on Sunday, but I think it's fair to say Czech should have played. He just yeah. dropped a clanger, right? Did he? Did he? Matt, what's your verdict? I mean, he he himself denied that it was a clanger. I think he came out and said that he just couldn't reach it. Basically, that goal that went in his near post and other. It was interesting on what was I watching it on um, Match of the Day? I think it was Match of the Day where when they when they first showed the goal being scored, the commentator, whoever it was said it was a really good goal and brilliantly placed. And then, like, after about five seconds of them, suddenly decided it was completely his fault. Almost if, I'm not accusing them of this, but almost if they suddenly decided to re-record the commentary <laughs> and made the point that it was a massive ricket by, by um, Czech. What was your view on that? Was it Czech's fault? Should we blame him? Is it all his fault? Uh, am um, I an idiot? At the time, um, I was watching it, watching him come inside, going, he's going near post, he's going near post, he's going near post. And you expect Czech to be thinking the same thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, I wasn't able to reach it. It's not really an excuse when... We did reach it. He got a fair hand on it and he just pushed it into the goal. I mean, he's been... <laughs> he... Klanger's maybe a bit harsh, but he should have saved it. Most goalies in the league would have saved it. Again, you'd rather probably make a mistake in what is effectively a fairly meaningless game... Just seeing if there's any eyebrows Steady. raised. Steady. I mean, if Wasn't he'd done that three real... months ago, you'd yeah. been more annoyed than, had he, than when he did it on Sunday. Wasn't the real fuck-up, though, of Gabriel yeah. track, literally yeah. going, going pace for pace, yard for yard, with Adebayo, of all people, and just letting him run as far... I mean, he could have run the whole... He could have run the whole of London without um, Gabriel making a challenge. That was just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we... we what, waiting just for the slide just yeah. to put Adebayo on the ball into touch and it never came and it's not the first time there's a hesitancy about Gabriel at the moment I find he's quite rash he's quite rash as a defender he, I, he's almost like a he's similar to Koscielny that you know the amount of times Koscielny goes hurtling in the fact is though Koscielny often comes over the ball for Gabriel often does that and he didn't on Sunday but I mean it sounds like you watch the same punditry from Ian Wright as I did and Ian Wright said exactly the same thing I mean you don't need to watch it again to see it but just tackle him just tackle him. He's oh, not, he's not going to beat you for pace. Just kick the ball off. If you have to kick the ball off, just take the ball and take the man, especially when it's out of by all. Well, I was there and I was just like uh, incredulous. It was just, I just could see quite clearly. It was just a moment for the moment when he'd tackle him. Or just fa- oh, he fouled him if you want. It's yeah. fine. I mean, yeah, either. You can foul him on the touch. Yeah. There. It's not Only because it's fine. It's not yeah. that. And it yeah. was just unbelievable. Almost like Gabriel thought he might be sent off or something if he, I don't know. What I mean, was I, going, I mean I it wasn't like he couldn't reach yeah. him. He was there. I don't know whether there'd, there'd been some discussion about, you know, Pardew had bigged up Palace's ability from set pieces before the game. And I don't yeah. know whether there'd been a similar discussion at Arsenal as that, you know, don't give away silly free kicks where they can whip them into the box. Oh, right, right. But equally, equally don't let Adebayo walk past you, cut it back to the quickest player on their team yeah. and then let him have a run yeah. of goal. It was on the halfway line. I mean, it was painful in the first half we gave away a free kick very very early in and straight away every Palace player walked up to the penalty area they all waited and their crosses weren't even good I mean Kabai I think put one decent corner in and they kind of Wickham had a good chance but yeah I think you're probably right they Pardew bigged up their set pieces and then if they were definitely focusing on them it was painful the first half was incredibly painful to watch 
ultimately it was I think Gabriel should have tackled him but I think the blame has to be laid at Peter Cech's feet or hands the, the atmosphere was strange from the outset it felt like going to the game it did feel incredibly end of season the performance felt end of season there were you know more empty seats than, than usual especially for a Sunday I, 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 maybe we'll get on to this tomorrow night's game and why everyone's going mad about the tickets but mm. on a Thursday night maybe you'll understand it more but for a Sunday lunchtime I mean the season wasn't completely dead in terms of the title. It was incredibly unlikely, but it wasn't dead until we didn't win on Sunday. And even so, we've still now got a battle to, to play yeah. in oh. Europe again next year. So for fans to sort of feel so end of season and for the performance to be so, you know, just going through the motions, it, it was a bit... I don't see how... I mean, the fans... I don't know. I can't... I don't see how... It was a sunny day, right? I mean, I know that's ridiculous but you know it was like a, when it's like walk in the park end of season games if it's if the sun's out and it's like that seems to add to the atmosphere of like oh it's not it's not there's lack of kind of tension but I have to blame the players and, yeah. and the and the, they, they were strolling around after about the first five minutes there was incredible lack of intensity and pace yeah. I thought I whereas mean, three weeks previously you know, in those games against Watford and whoever, that the same attacking lineup was really on it, and you know, right from the start, and they just like they were kind of just prancing about without care in the world. It was weird, wasn't it? I know, I know it's kind of it must be difficult to to kind of pick yourself up from the disappointment of blowing the title, but what really annoyed me is at that stage, Spurs have still got to go to. Stoke on a Monday night which should be a difficult game it didn't turn out to be but there seemed to be no investment in the players in catching our local rivals mm. and I remember the first 5-2 afterwards Bakary Sanya said they went 2-0 up you know this is on our turf we can't allow this to happen and there just doesn't seem to be the same emotional investment in this team in the rivalry with Tottenham it's like you know this is a really important three points not just for yeah. Champions League qualification but, you know, we can still catch them. And the strolling was, you know, it was so frustrating and infuriating. And I think the crowd reflected the yeah, players' attitude exactly. rather than the players Absolutely, reflecting yeah. the crowd's If attitude. they'd started on it, you know, if they'd yeah. started with, you know, with a, with a kind of pacey, just and, uh, the midfield duo didn't see, it just it was bizarre how lack, yeah, you're right. It was like they didn't realise, they seem to have given up yeah. completely as if there wasn't anything important happening because we're out of contention, although not according to some last week in the podcast. But yeah, it's, it's in, absolutely, but they don't seem to have any psychological investment of that kind at all about, no. you know, what's the, what we require. They should be every single game, you know, and, and you look at the likes of Leicester, and I hate to say it, Spurs, but even... Even in the middle of the year, before they, they became the two main contenders, they were those teams were playing with an intensity that we don't even begin hardly ever begin to show. It's just embarrassing, isn't it? Personally, I think the problem is that yes, you know, we wanted to catch Spurs and we want to, tr- we have to try and. Well, I guess we have to finish in the top four. But if you're a player in this team and you think you know you've got a great chance of winning the league, and then suddenly you're just playing for a game that really you're back in the top four to challenge again because even though Leicester just dropped points no I, I, I struggle to find an Arsenal fan who I would probably think is sane to think we had a chance of winning the league <laughs> after Leicester had drawn that game like we, I could mm. just never see it we still got to go to City um, you know we have, we have had to win every one of our games and I can't I don't know the maths behind how many points they would have had to drop and I guess I know it sounds silly but the same reason that Spurs breezed past Stoke was because Stoke had absolutely nothing to play for and I, that was a similar thing with Arsenal on, on Sunday they turned up and thought this is a nothing game I don't know whether they assume that Champions League qualification is done and dusted because it's definitely not but it was a lacklustre performance the same way that Stoke were lacklustre on Monday Watford were absolutely terrible against us a few uh, a couple of weeks ago because their season's over and that's what that's do you think they assumed? Do you think I, the team assumed that they would be they would that they would play like Watford, that Palace would play like maybe, that but and I think allow I'll, us to do whatever the I fuck we wanted? There was a complacency, it wasn't possible. But I think Ozil's probably Ozil, who's been our best player by a country mile this season. Um, you know, if Ozil has a bad game and Sanchez has a bad game, other than that, what attacking option? You've got two defensive midfielders against a team that have got no intention of attacking, mm. or defensive-ish midfielders if you don't call in any defensive midfielder. You've got full-backs who, at the moment, Monreal has again probably been our second-best player, is offering nothing. He's having a poor run of form. Bellerin is about, doesn't offer us anything going forwards. If, if you want, I've got a real axe to grind against Bellerin oh, in, inability to cross he drives me absolutely insane um, and I think there, was, there wasn't a much attacking option and if Sanchez and Ozil aren't on it then that's why we didn't we scored one goal and 
Hennessy didn't make a single save, did he? Did he make a save? I can't. There remember was there was save. one opportunity where Ozil, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, put, yes, yeah, put no, it just on before. Giroud's, put it on, you know, he yeah. urged Giroud to open his body up, put it in exactly the right place, yeah. and he just rolled off Giroud in, into yeah. Hennessy's and, hands. And, and sorry, I, there was also one where Ozil missed a really good chance just just before yeah, he, he scored, chance, but yeah, yeah. Hennessy saved it, but. It was just it was just bored. The, play, the players were bored and the fans were even more bored. And wasn't it? Inc- it was incredible to me. I'm going to turn to the the, the man, the man at the centre of it all. I thought the substitutions were oh, terrible, incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, if any, you might think Iwobi and um, Welbeck might, you know, at least they were working hard, and I think you know showed some kind of sign of being able to do something. And for them to take them off and make incredibly banal like-for-like replacements, yeah. less good like-for-like replacements, was just insane. Well, just it was just added to the whole tedium of the situation. Yeah. And I just thought, if, if it's not working, if, if like, there's no pace and for some reason, you know, no great power in the attack, and it was clearly, the whole thing was just de- descending into mediocrity, why not just, you know, do something more bold? Just just change the formation, change, bring on, you know, keep on, keep well back on, bring on Giroud as well, bring on Theo. Mm-hmm. It was just... The usual utterly uninspired response to an incredibly uninspired performance, Josh. I think we've got a world class, sorry, not a world class, a very good striker on the bench who's playing for one of the best. World countries. class, I'm glad you credited yourself. Who's <laughs> <laughs> playing for France as an international striker, he's on the bench. In that kind of environment, of course you're going to bring him on. Yeah, but well, keep I on, bring him on, fine. But keep on fucking Welbeck. Well. Who, what? Why not? Why he's got? A, I mean, I don't know. Welwick wasn't having the game of his life. I mean, but he was why, having why a perfect. Everyone was having a terrible game. But I'm talking about if you're having if you're having a problem scoring an, another goal, why make no, an incredibly lame? Why stick to those boring tactics that are not clearly not working? By the way, I wouldn't be that surprised if Giroud starts tomorrow. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised either, and I, and I will. Be. I think well, well, I don't think well, well, Welbeck dips. He came back, and everyone was sort of excited about him. But he's yeah, absolutely fine to bring him. And don't forget, I know. Yeah, we, we somehow again drew a game and, and dropped points at home, as we've done so many times. Disappointingly, this season. That said, we probably did enough. You know, we didn't really deserve to not take the three points. I thought. But the really? Palace, Why? Yeah, I don't oh, think we Palace were so bad. Really That's the worst performance I've seen this season. Yeah, but I think of, we got the goal. Yeah, the I mere fact that you are defending. Did you see Palace scoring in that game? Yes, yes, yes because we're shit. We've been crap, but we'll win one 0 Yeah, I agree with Josh. I agree. I couldn't well, yeah, see Palace scoring because they showed they showed such a lack and of ambition. They shouldn't have scored. They had one shot from twenty-five yeah, no, yards right. at P-roll to But we're, check. we're always susceptible to <laughs> yeah. to the goal that other teams defend routinely. Of course. So yeah. you know, as soon as Adebayor comes on, and you know, people, yeah. you know, or you know, he's scored. He's scored. He's scored. Maybe I, I like Drew. I think he gets some unfair criticism on this podcast, but I like him. But he, sh- but you'd prefer a better striker playing for Arsenal week in week out. However, the three players that came on in the last three months have been awful: Giroud, Walcott, and Ramsey. And they all came on, and they all continue to be rubbish. And we were winning only one nil. I'm not a massive fan of Joel Campbell. I think he's a decent player, but what has he got to do to, to at least get a chance? You got Walcott. I know you love him, boy, but I mean Walcott. Even Boy would admit that he's been really, really bad yeah. recently. How can Joel Campbell sit there and think, what have I you got? Giroud, who's been rubbish, Ramsey, who's been poor and I know has been injured, but Walcott has been rubbish, and Joel Campbell sitting there, just do something, like, like Boy said, do something different. Or something well, there's particularly no point of bringing Walcott on for seven minutes. I mean, well, even yeah. if. What did you make of Walcott's run? Oh, you know yeah, but. Well, obviously, it was embarrassing, yeah, yeah. but it was extraordinary. The, the contrast between <laughs> Iwobi, who's so assured and quick thinking yeah. on the ball and does exactly the right thing, to Walcott coming on and just running turning into players it's but it was the weirdest one I've ever, it was just confusion it was confusion but I think it was like he hasn't been in that position before I think the thing just with Walcott, 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 Walcott seemed, his stock seems to go lower and lower with every game and where I sit um, he can't he can't do any right if he runs that way he should have run the other way if he passes he should have shot if he shot he should have passed I don't like Walcott I much much prefer if he, he left can I just in the say summer. scored a goal the last time he came on as a substitute let's not forget yeah. that I prefer if he left. I don't think he's. I don't think he's good enough to play for Arsenal. He's twenty six, twenty seven years old. His main attribute, his only attribute, really is pace, and that's only going to get slower. And really, he's playing in a league where left back, right back, wherever he's playing, they they're pretty fast as well. 
he's not playing in the championship or league one where he can knock it past and run because that's he doesn't have much more to his game and I know you'll disagree with me on that boy but I think it's better that he left however there's much bigger problems and there was much bigger problems on Sunday than when Walcott yeah, he's came not for the seven minutes exactly. he's not the problem people are having a go at me obviously for the Walcott thing and they'll go why aren't you criticising well, I'm like he came on for seven exactly. fucking minutes yeah. if, you, if you're spending this is for me the, the, you know when you're a Wenger fundamentalist lunatic when the thing that you pinpoint after a tragically pathetic performance like that is someone who came off for seven minutes Hang I don't on. care who it is I don't care how embarrassing a, a, a yeah. run they made or whatever the problem is the manager Hang and on. you know it's it, Walcott is completely irrelevant it's a massive red herring to be honest yeah. right now you know love him as I do I sell him whatever I, prefer, I still prefer he stayed Everything about his season is, is a red herring. It's not important. He's nothing to do with our tragic season, whereas the manager and certain other players are much more to do with our tragic this, season. This seven-minute issue you're raising is a bit misguided because it's obviously he only came on once we conceded the goal. I assume no, you- no, I think he came on before, didn't he? I no, it was after we just sold the goal. That's after the So I, you, you don't know whether he, you know, he did. He was warming up, so maybe he would have come on anyway. It seems sort of immediate response to going, you know, going at one all. So I'm not sure he would have. So I, I, yeah, maybe maybe he'd been told he's not going to come on, and mentality wasn't quite right. Oh, no, I'm just saying you can't judge any player for seven minutes of, of, of a that's... pathetic performance. Of yeah, I mean, I'm not a... saying he's everything wrong. I, I still the I, last I time he came on for longer than seven minutes, he scored a goal. I'm just making that point. Anyway, carry on. Sorry, what, what against Watford from a yard out? Well, I, do, yeah, I don't okay. care. He's no, still. I mean, when's the last time Giroud hasn't scored since fucking January in the league? I believe is the stat since January. Incredible that our main striker. I know I've got him every week, but he hasn't been our main striker in the last six, eight weeks. I know, but this season, I know, but this season, unbelievable long periods without scoring a goal. You cannot have, you know, look at all of our rivals. You know, you can't have your main forward being that incapable of scoring goals on a regular basis. You can't argue with that. I mean, I, th- I think Walcott is a totem for some, a symptomatic of, yeah. of everything that's wrong at the club at the moment. If you look at our right hand side options at the moment. The guy on a hundred plus grand a week is the last you choose. You know, you play Iwobi, yeah. the smallest yeah. earner first, yeah. then Campbell, yeah. then, then Welbeck, then Ramsey, uh, yeah. then you know, then yeah. Walcott. And you look at the pay grade and that scale. I agree, but like, I'd only play Walcott up front now. I'm not. Right. I'm over him as a, as a wide I, player, and I think he's over it as a wide player. That's why apparently he's unhappy and all this. Stuff. I, you know, I, to me when you. I've, you know, we've been through this many times before, but when he was playing up front, he was absolutely fine, if not actively good. And he scored a lot of goals <laughs> in the early part of the season, and we had some of our best performances. But let, I'm happy to stop talking about Walcott. For, for me, the pay has has nothing to do with it. I don't think I get what you're saying. You know, you would. I think oh, right it's, now it's, you it's would not pick because they're paid that much. No, but something is is really cockamamie at this club. When you look Good at it word. Like that. Yeah. There's a lot of things that cockamamie well, in this club. <laughs> I think there was, I think maybe on the Telegraph, they sort of analysed the Arsenal squad in terms of wages last week. And you actually, there were a few of them massively high owned. I think even Arteta is, is on yeah, 80, no, 90 incredible. grand a week. You sort of, some of those at the top are like... Why does it matter? Why does it matter if Arteta owns more than El Nini? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, it doesn't that's, matter. That's their agent going in and saying, oh, I want agree this much. You. And Wenger going or whoever going... Yes or no? And if he well, decides it's called his bluff, be, then he lets him go. Well, and, be, uh, for me, the wages mean nothing. Well, it, it, there should uh, be a surely, correlation. Yeah, surely it means that the money isn't being used efficiently. Oh, of course. You know, if someone said we're going to sign a Rotherham player and we're going to stick him on a hundred grand, you'd you'd raise eyebrows. But what you're saying is, it's, it's not. There's no. There shouldn't be necessarily a correlation between how they're what, how hard they're working, yeah. or whatever, and how much they're being paid. And I agree with that point. how useful and valuable they are to the club. And yeah, what being but it's drumming mad when you know a couple of seasons ago, Özil. Uh, if you had a bad performance, we're paying you how much? Yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly. okay, fine. But you know, it drives overall, me mad. There should be a correlation. Of course, it's important, and of course, you know, if we're paying every player the same amount of money, then <laughs> and then it was all big wages, then we'd be uh, then we'd be in trouble. But, but it's you know, Wobi will get a. If he hasn't already get a, get a pay rise, a yeah, and you know Deli Ali's already got a new contract this season at Spurs because they recognise his talent, and, they ha- and that's how you keep players happy. Ultimately, you give them more money a lot of the time. But it, I don't know. I don't think the fact that Walcott earns more money than a lot of the players at the club has anything to do with it. I no, care uh, more about his ability than his compla- pay bucket. I mean, complacency is a problem at our club, and without analysing it more deeply, I, I, I do worry that you know when someone when someone's on a hundred grand, you know. Does that breed complacency? When, but when then they, how do when, you tackle that? But I don't think that's but, to do their pay packet. I think I think. If, well, you, I mean, yeah, it's not just their pay packet, but there is an obvious problem with mentality and complacency at this club. 
Where, yeah, but that know. comes from the top, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah exactly. So let, let's talk about. I mean, you're Matt. Thank God you're here. You're a sensible, decent, fundamentally intelligent human being. Thank you. While all around, <laughs> does that mean Josh but, and I aren't? No, no. You both are, <laughs> but week in, week out, you know, I'm, I get furious about how pathetic I think our manager has become. Pathetic is a strong word. How stale, you know, he's become, and how I do think. It's all. I think the whole problem right now is down to him, frankly. But you're, as I said, you're. My, that's why I preface it with your sense. But you're probably less. You, you're less. Maybe come across as a less furious person than I am. Maybe you are furious. But what, what's your feeling? I mean, as you know, you've got people threatening to boycott the game tomorrow because of him, and all the, the people are. Get, it's getting to another point where yeah. just when you thought everyone had reached a point of a high anger with him, it's getting even worse, isn't it? So, what's your feeling right now? I think him? he absolutely has to be held responsible for a lot of our problems this season. But also, you know, I'm one of these people that think there's no one at the club holding him accountable for his mistakes, mm. and that's you know, that's where the real problem lies for me. I think. Um, I don't know. I you know I don't know where Gazidis sits on it at that level, but it seems that Cronke, with his comments about it's not all, all about winning championships, is entirely happy for the, this club to be a cash cow, and that's you know. And when yeah. when you've got when you you know when you're paying Wenger, you know the astronomical sums he's on, he's not going to walk away from his contracts. But isn't it? But Josh was saying this as well. This is what Josh was saying on on Twitter yesterday that the problem is the board and Cronky and you know. But isn't it? Really, down to him, you know, as a human being, as a as a man of incredible intelligence, to recognise somehow to look deep within. <laughs> this is my problem because you're right because he's so he's he's completely unaccountable in the sense that he's not going to be fired by Cronky or Giz or whatever. We know we all know that. So, isn't it my my kind of ultimate frustration is he, he doesn't seem capable of of that self criticism that when people make these points to him about how, what, how much of a tired deja vu situation we're in, he almost just can't, doesn't recognise it or can't see. And I, 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 I just think if he came out and went, yep, you're right, I've just reached the point where there's not much more I can do. And I know, I, you know, I'm just, just imagine that but for one moment, this fanciful notion. Wouldn't you respect of him? Go, and, and isn't that really the only way out? Because he's not, because he's not going to be sacked. So it's, it's he, down to said, him in every said, way. It's down to him, isn't it? If he said that, then he's lost. He's never going to get another job anywhere. Really? Which, for, if, if he came so. out and said, I, I, I can't do it anymore. No, this club. No, no, no. I mean, this. In, in, I'm sure he could do a job. But you know, I know you're not saying that. But if he went, yeah, you know what? I can't do it. I can't. There. No, I was saying I, I can't, do, I can't exactly be a manager that. anymore. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I've reached the point where clearly whatever I'm doing here at this club finally isn't working anymore. <laughs> I, I, I want to believe and do believe that he he would show that level of, of humility and honesty if he really got to that point. I know Matt, you mentioned the money he's on. He is on incredible money, of course he is. But I really sort of deep down believe if he got to the point where he thought he was not capable of keeping us up there and, and challenging and, and capable of doing it, say, next season, that I think he, he would walk. Or at least maybe you, you put it down to the idea that he, he never you know, goes back on a contract. That's why That's he is a, 100% going nowhere. But why is that such a point of principle? I'm never going to go back on a contract. Yeah, the point of principle where he didn't well, he could fight... be fired. He's not saying, I'm, I, you can't fire me. He's saying... I'm not going to leave. Well, he knows that he's unfireable. Yeah, he knows it is in this unique situation yeah. in the history of world football where he's unfireable. Yeah. So on top of that, he's, he's totally unfireable. a level of clarity of thought. I mean, I wonder if right. pl- plenty of highly intelligent people are addicts. And he kind of reminds me of the gambler chasing his losses. Yeah. You know, it, for some reason, his methods aren't working anymore. Yeah. You know, but he... he believes they will it'll all come good yeah. he'll throw it all in again you know and uh, yeah you're that- right it's almost like I, I agree with you yeah. I was thinking this the other day that psychologically I'm fascinated by him and you know and, and as a human I say this all the time but as a human being I think he's you know he's incredible and I love him in every respect and there was that brilliant thing Arse blog I was looking at that, did you see their blog today yeah, yeah. I actually did really that was incredible that was brilliant and I was moved you know did you really see it Josh so Arse blog today they did a thing called When and basically it was a very well written series of great moments under his manage- management of Arsenal that just picking out some of the glorious moments and reminding us all of what he's given to us as fans which is fair enough but I read that and, and the real, I was really depressed because I was thinking the, so, the decline is so poignant and yeah. sad after, even more after reading that but, but I'm thinking of him psychologically I do think you're right I think there's a, almost like he's kidding himself 
that he keeps repeating this, doing the same thing year after year, and that finally, if he finally, when he eventually does manage to somehow turn it around and actually get us competing for the league, rather than for about two weeks before we realised it wasn't going to happen. It was more that, than two weeks. Well, <laughs> for you, and it would never, in my mind, we never were. But um, <laughs> is that if we finally actually were, that it would be the most glorious turnaround in the history of the world ever. But it's like, you're right, it's an addiction. It's a, it's a, there's no logic to it. There's no... And, you know, I, to me, like, the fact they didn't buy an outfield player, for example, in the summer, I'd like to you know, recognise that mistake. I'm talking yeah. about just... Yeah, no, I understand. I, I was being facetious. Just but, kind of... I know, no, but you're, yeah. fair enough. But just, just you know, have some kind of self-awareness. What everyone can see you've done wrong, address it, and then maybe we might be yeah. able to move on. I, I agreed with what Matt said before about Kronke and Gazidis, and he's not going to walk away from an £8 million contract regardless of how much money he's earned. But I think that's the best analogy I've heard about Wenger. He is like a gambler chasing his losses. And he thinks, oh, one more season you yeah. know that's, that's that probably sums it up pretty much perfectly but i i never ever read Arsbog, just i just never got around to reading it but that's i did read it today because someone sent me the link and it's absolutely brilliant absolutely mm. it's brilliant brilliant article mm. but coming on to we spoke very briefly about the boycott that is what really annoyed me because Arsene Wenger, regardless of whether you want him to uh, to leave or whether you love him or wherever you sit he has provided us as Ars fans, some of the best memories we'll probably have in our lives. Maybe that sounds depressing. No, no, I don't yeah. know. Of um, yeah. And, and I think that some fans now think we've got this divine right. That's, that's what I don't like with Ars, with, with football fans, but maybe with Arsenal fans more so. The self-entitlement to think, well, we should win the league this season. We, we, how do we not win the league this season? And because we are now in a battle for fourth or third, I'm not going to go anymore. As far as I'm concerned, if, may, I don't expect someone that hasn't got a ticket for tomorrow's game to buy, go out and buy one because why, you know, it's a nothing game. Why would you necessarily go out and buy one? If you've got a season ticket to just say, I'm not going to go because we're not top of the league or because we're not oh, yeah. second fight, I don't, I don't get but that. Isn't, but don't, but I, get, I, I agree with you 90%, but I also get that the, the, that sense of entitlement to me is there in the manager it's like he feels entitled to a free pass that you know he, he, that, you know, he gets angry that, at the level of yeah. anger that people are showing to him but no just look at what you've done look at the lack of what you, look at what you yeah. haven't but isn't done it a different look argument? at your incredibly routine response to every single thing that happens yeah. and that you've done the same thing year after year and to not recognise that that's not working that I, I do think he has to take a lot of responsibility and blame for your right that that annoying level of entitlement among a large section of our fans. I feel it. I don't feel entitled that we should win, and I'm not angry. I'm not angry that we haven't won the league. I'm angry that I never thought we could ever for barely a minute. I mean, you, Josh, accused me of thinking that at one point, but I don't remember any point this season. I just because I don't. You can see the way we're playing, and we're also playing. You... By the way, one more thing before you strip in. We're also playing the most boring football we've played for years. So that's you know it's descended that much in yeah. recent weeks, not throughout the season. Oh, pretty much. Um, the only time we were playing really excited for was when Theo was playing out front. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he wasn't out front when we sort of climbed to the top of the table in December and January, mm. and went odds on for the titles. It wasn't just me who was suggesting that we were going to win the title. It was you know the, the, yeah, the well. betting industry at large. <laughs> I, I want to just come back to Matt's point about the uh, the gambling analogy briefly before maybe going back to this idea of boycotting and divine rights. I think in gambling you. you you basically win or lose, um, and it, it's not that clear cut. I think for what you can say, yes, obviously in football it's win, lose, or draw. But in terms of what our board wanted, in terms of general football ambition at the moment, there is there is a there is somewhere in between. It is coming second or third. Effectively, we've been backing him, each, oh. you know, each way every season, and we're collecting on each way every year because we are placing in that first four. And therefore, I, I don't think it's a case of necessarily chasing his losses because there's enough there every season to make him believe he could go again. I think if you were coming eighth, sixth, and then, you know, only... I, I think there's been enough to, to show. If you come each way repeatedly, you're going to get back to keep on having a chance of winning it. One interesting mm. question Alan mm. Alga made, actually, when I met with him this week, um, was whether Arsenal fans would take being like eighth, sixth, fourth, first... And then seventh again yeah, against course. what he's of given course. us the last few years. Of course, you'd have to be insane not to. You, to and I'd take anything at this stage to win, to actually win the, the championship we haven't done for decades. I would, of course, you'd take a season or two outside of this top. And anyway, outside of a competition where we never send a chance, hoping hell of winning because we always go out with the same stage. So I agree with you. I would probably come to that conclusion as well that I would like to see us win the league again. But our board wouldn't. I genuinely believe that have, it has no, they would rather because they'd be financially but, up yeah, this, from this, being in the Champions League. And, and therein lies our problem. 
Um, and I would, you know, I, this gambling analogy of win or lose, I think at the moment, I don't, I don't call him a, a loser chasing his gambler. I think he's done enough every year to make him believe that he is still capable of doing it. By being top for two months makes you believe that, that you could be there in May. The stats since 2005, I think, show that we haven't spent a single day on top in April or May. And, and therein lies the problem. We've never been able to, you know, get over those last couple of hurdles. But... Isn't the isn't here's the, to next year? What isn't the whole thing about the Cronky and the board though? A, a bit of a, also enough to use the red home face finger because are we really saying that say you know in in an, in an alternate universe they actually got in a new manager which has to happen one day? I mean he can't carry on can't managing the team until after he's passed away. So there will one day be a new manager of Arsenal. It's extraordinary to think that, that they won't give him the funds, for example, to buy whoever the hell they want. I mean, I just think I think that's, there's a slight. That's, so how do you know people, they, they might not. Because I just think it's, there's I, absolutely well, I, no I evidence it, whatsoever. I mean, because he just came out and said it, actually, last year. You can find the quotes where he said, if Arsenal wants to play, it's pretty much any player will give him the money. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a complete that's myth. Doubt, but then who is saying to Arsenal, oh, yeah, this is not that. good enough? That's different. No, Spend no, no. this money. No, that's no different. But Josh's point that he's been making recently about you've got to blame that, you know, there's, there's this, they're happy with coming in the top four, which of course they are, but that's different to when they get a new manager, the new manager not being, not having this weird reluctance to invest in the team. But, but we don't know. Football, football's been extraordinarily we weird this year. Manchester United have spent huge money. They've lost nine games this season. Manchester City have yeah, relentlessly spent money. All those teams games. have won the league in recent years. It doesn't automatically mean it's going to be All those successful. teams have spent the most money have won the league in recent the argue, years. The argument, though, that, the argument, though, that the board are happy with Wenger to finish fourth, that means nothing to me. If, if, if Wenger goes in and he finishes fourth and the board go, well done, Arsene, brilliant. It doesn't mean he goes home and, and thinks he's done a good job. Do you think Meza Ozil... And if he does, Wenger sat him down and went, yeah. Urza, we really want you to sign for us. We'll give you this much money and uh, our ambitions to finish fourth. He goes, oh, where do I sign? I but that's what, that's what he says. That's what he says, isn't it? I agree he with the players. Wenger goes on about his achievement of finishing the top four. But he doesn't. But there's, no way, there's, no way, there's no way that Arsene Wenger wants to finish fourth, regardless what the board think. There's no way that any single player is happy finishing fourth, regardless of whether that's the ambition of the club. If you, if, if you went into work and did an average job, let's say finish fourth is average for Arsenal... Okay, your boss wouldn't be going, oh, well done, you did an average job. That is effectively what you're saying that the, the board are happy with. Arsene Wenger does not want to finish fourth regardless of whether the board are happy for him to do so or not. He's, Matt, he has ambition. Are you say? Yeah, I, I, I agree just, to an extent. Yeah. I want, hold on, I'll let Matt speak. No, well, I've forgotten what I'm <laughs> Well, I'll come in <laughs> if you want. Yeah, yeah go on. So your, your point about finishing you know, fourth and the board seeing that as you know, potential fa- I, I think the board are genuine. I don't think Wenger would see it himself as complete failure to, to come in that second third fourth you, you take the Mick board as some of the others do about this kind of top four trophy I think oh, yeah, Wenger probably looks trophy. across the Premier League history and no one has more right and authority to look back on the 21 years or whatever it's been 23 years sorry of the Premier League history and he has been the most stable and qualified and kept us at a level that no one else has done and probably no one else will and you know if you go back to August and you look at what our points expectancy was with with the bookmakers, I believe it was sort of about 73. We're on 60 now. We've got five games to go. We can, you know, hopefully win our three home games, maybe get a couple of points. We're not going to be that far off it. I think I, think I asked the, um, the question on the Twitter poll. Did you see I, I did a Twitter poll from our Arsenal podcast account? And I asked about the impact it, it, people, whether you were Wenger in or Wenger out, what impact Spurs potentially winning the league would have on your view of being Wenger in or out. So my view is I don't really care. Like as in, I believe he should stay. If Spurs win the league, doesn't make a difference to me. But you care that you, so you don't. But you're not saying you don't care that Spurs win no, the I'd league. No, I'd much rather Leicester won the league. Of course, <laughs> I just want to make that clear to uh, listeners that yes. you're not saying you're not some kind of no weird no. But look at this. So we had we had 281 replies, which oh, yeah. is quite high. So 23 percent of our fans mm. said it changed their view on Wenger should yeah, stay or go if Spurs that. win the league. I, I find that it. extraordinary. What difference does it make if Spurs win the league? Why the does it matter? Yeah, I can understand if maybe, you know, if it was the difference between Spurs and Man City, but Spurs and Leicester, what's the difference to Wenger? As in, they're both, they're both you would argue that both but should finish point, below us. So well, what I can see it, it though, because isn't the point, the point they're making is that, you know, Wenger's excuse, if you like, or Wenger's defence of his record, as you've just said, after all these years, is that, well, for years and years, it was that he didn't have enough money. That was one thing. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, you know, it, it was that he always got us 
in the top four, and part of that was finishing above Spurs for, for however many... But Leicester, yeah. Leicester are the team that might win the league, so well, what does it matter if it's Spurs or Leicester? Well, both. Well, I, I just think it's an emotional... It's yeah, emotional, yeah. Yeah, but then, isn't yeah. it? And so that, that question, it's a loaded finger. question, because yeah. the emotional fallout from the devastation of Spurs winning the fucking it, league... So you're saying that that poll should be the, the poll should be the same he, if the question was Leicester rather right, than Spurs. Right, yeah, if you yeah. said Leicester, I think you would have got a less response. Yeah. And, you know, people are human beings. Sporting football, I mean, you know, we're not automatons. Football is all about emotion, and and it is the mere fact that you know half the players and half the ball probably and Stan Cocky doesn't give a flying shit whether Spurs win the league or not. Yeah. We do, and but, it will yeah. if we're Spurs win the league and we come third or fourth. It will be a fucking calamitous disaster yes. of a season. Blowing the league is one thing. Blowing the league and letting yes. them in, yes, them, them. But you and you, we spend more money than they do. Yeah. I mean, as little money as we've spent, they are spent hardly any money this season. I mean, well, they're always net up because of bail and whatever. Anyway, I think what you, you and I don't want to necessarily come back to. It, I don't know if you want to talk about it more or not. But you say football is an emotional thing, and that's why this whole boycott thing really, really annoys me. I don't know if yeah. you're going to not go tomorrow. Or no, not. I'm, I'm going to go. You're not going to boycott. You're not going to boycott. I'm not going to do a boycott. I, I think it's about more than entitlement, though. I think a lot of people who blame Cronky, either rightly or wrongly. I think the only thing that affects him is the that's value true. of the that's club that's true. and empty seats yeah, in front true. of Champions League cameras yeah, next yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. I think that, a walkout you know, is better. Matt, 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 that's a good point because yeah. it won't be, like you say, in front of Champions League cameras. Tomorrow is a meaningless game. Yeah, okay, it's on TV for some blurry Okay, well, in, ter- in terms of what fans are excited about... Six weeks ago, we were excited about winning the league, or twelve weeks, whatever it was. Now, no Arsenal fans excited. Yes, because we can beat West Brom and finish third. You want I'm, us to win, but they're not. You're not excited. About I really it. Ne- think we need to win tomorrow. Of course, we need to win. Because we need to win, but no one's, excited, no one's excited. No one's excited. No one's going. Yes, I can't wait for Arsenal to beat West Brom. Yeah, like, we were excited we're to beat Swansea when we yeah. lost. The fact, the, the the thing is that Arsenal fans tomorrow, if you don't, if they don't go to the game, it's because. They are seeing it as a meanest game. If they want to boycott, if they want to decide, right, we're going to you know hit them where it hurts, we're not going to go to games. Don't go to the first game of next season. Don't go to the to the North London derby. Or don't go to the, when we play Man United at home next season. Don't not go to Arsenal v West Brom and think you're making some sort of stand because you're not. You're just not going to a game. Know. Where, I don't know if twenty thousand people don't go, but they're not going that, because that gives... it's a meaningless game. They're not, and and, and, and then Arsenal sit there and go, yeah, but if we were playing Spurs tonight and it was six weeks ago, they would have been here. But I don't think they're sitting, all sitting at home collectively drawing up the reasons. I think it's just. Bothered, I think it, no, but I think it's part of a fear. That ennui is partly because of what's happening at the club. Yeah. Now I'm going to go, but I, there are people around me who talk about the only way that Cronky will listen is if yeah. we don't turn yeah, up. And I, I, agree. I think this feels for some of them. This feels like a little, you know, a little test of it. I agree, but Matt, if what the if the people around you who say that. So the only way that we're going to get through to Wenger leaving or Cronky leaving or putting some money, whatever it may be, what they want. <laughs> Tell them not to go when we start our season against whoever at the beginning of the season, or tell them not to go to the North London Dive because then they'll say, "Hang on a second, why have we only why have yeah, we got this is, twenty thousand?" I hear what you're saying, but we've reached a point of uh, of peak frustration, haven't we? Because That's it's the, the end point. of the season, right now, the season's over. Yeah, no, no, no. But what I'm saying, yeah, well, of course. But it's, if, if you if you listen to the judge me and Maple, we, we can that mathematically we win the league. Just put that. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. Anyway, but if you know, we've reached the point. I think of, of as I say, of, of peak frustration, yeah. ennui, or um. Apathy, if you like, for a lot of people, because it is so stale and tired, yeah, which I, I do believe. I'm pretty apathetic myself, although I'm still desperate we win tomorrow. So we, because we still stand, yeah. we do stand a chance of finishing off Spurs. I can't see it happening, no, it tragically, but I can see. But we can finish I, third, and we don't have to waste the credit on the first qualifier, <laughs> whatever. Third, exactly above City. We were City due last night. Anyway, yeah. for all those reasons, I'm going. But I can equally see the point of view, as Matt says, that right at this moment in time, it's. If you want to, sh- if you do think that a lot of this is down to Cronky, yeah. kind of just letting Wenger do whatever the fuck he wants, and it will be about money, then not then being having twenty thousand empty seats on a televised game is a statement. I have to say, I know, but a small one. I think if All it right. was twenty thousand, if we were playing Man United September the first, or where do we play Man United? End of September, beginning of October, and people went, do you know what? It's, it's enough because Wenger's doing it. We're gonna finish at this point we're going to finish third or whatever I'm not going to go to the game today. and 20 other thousand people thought that that would send a message but not going to a game that all it means is we might finish third or we might know. finish fourth does that, does that send a message? The papers have been writing it about it today yeah, and there's no way yeah. a PR conscious but, club like Arsenal are comfortable with yeah. those stories yeah, today exactly. but, then, but then they'll go oh it's a bit uncomfortable and then in September or August we'll have a full stadium again they go oh yeah it was all fine because everyone well, then why, why, but you might as well not do anything yeah. ever you know you either no, don't, go, don't go to the beginning of the season 
don't, don't, don't. I mean, that would be that would be impactful as well. But no one will because they think we're going to win the league next. Oh, season. you never. Well, I don't know. If, if we don't say in, in all likelihood he doesn't buy any more players in the summer or doesn't play any, yeah. if yeah. he doesn't make any massive investment in the squad, yeah. say, which would be, I can see levels of fury coming out, and maybe maybe there will be a huge. I can see fan um, fans kind of building up ahead of steam and organising. Yeah. Key, I, I, I respect that a lot. Carrying more. on. Anyway, James Olley did sort of make the point that Matt's really made in his column in the in the Standard today. He wrote, "If if Arsenal supporters mount a sufficiently vocal and determined process, it will put the board under greater pressure to act." This is not a call to arms, merely to point out the lack of a Wembley trip at this stage of the year for the first time in three seasons leaves Wenger vulnerable to unprecedented levels mm. of uh, of opprobrium. I know, opprobrium. I know, I know, I know. Not it's a word all... on you um, from his own fans, especially given three of the last five games are in North London. But I just feel whatever happens tomorrow night. If if there was this thing on Twitter, people were tweeting us on the podcast account. I don't know if you saw about yes. walking out on seventy five minutes. Yeah. It's not. But firstly, it's really Arsenal fans seem to leave so early anyway. Yeah. Probably, you know, to get home and beat the queues. Thursday, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we'd really notice that. Uh, you know, a few thousand have walked out. I don't think it's going to have an impact. I, 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 I think it would have to be a huge, huge operation, organised. You know, brilliantly by all the fans, and that's it. And as for all these tickets that are available for tomorrow night's game, it's gone to general sale, which is a you know a very unusual development for an Arsenal game. But it probably highlights how many Arsenal season ticket holders aren't necessarily Arsenal fans. Who mm-hmm. I think are probably, you know, the reason there are always about 50 touts around the game is because yeah. there are so, so many of them who have got to put them on the ticket resale. Um, and it's a Thursday night, which, you know, is very unappealing and difficult for people with families, perhaps. I think there's probably more being made into, into this than, than what it is in reality. Yeah. I think we will win tomorrow night, which we will come on to. <laughs> we will find our way to, to coming third, and, and it hopefully will calm down in, in a reality of that it's not. I know, I know we're running disaster. out of time. I know we're running out of time, but I think it's all expect, expect, expectancies from the fans. You're holding up the newspaper there, and on the back there was a whole thing about Charlton and how Charlton were protesting. Charlton had just been relegated to League One, and Arsenal fans are protesting and moaning because we've could go third in the league tomorrow we've won the FA Cup two years in a row and people don't want to go to a, a football match it just sounds ridiculous Charlton fans yeah, have got a lot more to mind I know it's, a, it's I know, relative, I know it's all relative yeah. but Arsenal fans the thought of them saying oh I'm but, not going to go tomorrow because we're going to come third when you've got a, a t- the team on yeah, the other side of the paper Ricky, who have just been relegated looking, to League One people are laughing at us now like Spurs fans what are they saying on we make ourselves a laughing stock you know once you're proposing they've sung that before we've had the biggest thing four times they're also singing fans singing songs about you know his Son being Adam Johnson, yeah, well, so it's the same set of fans you don't really want to be yeah, paying. Any I'm, not, I'm not paying any respects to the fans for the opposing fans. I'm just saying we have become a laughing stock because of the rep- repeti- yeah. repetitive tedium of the way we. There's we a lot of clubs who would like to be the laughing yeah, stock. That's, yeah. that's my point. That's why. How can you not go to a game when your team are but third in the Premier League? Club, I don't know if a lot of fans would want to play pay fifteen hundred pounds for a season ticket for the for the privilege of watching dull. Predictable <laughs> football that doesn't win anything. It's, not, it's not right. I sat through the Don Howe years. Paul Mariner playing in midfield. Me too. I am not angry and upset because we're finishing third. I'm angry and upset because of the same stupid mm. mistakes. We've wasted exactly. a really good opportunity yeah, I get that. I get and that. we've wasted the resources that my fucking expensive season ticket contributes <laughs> to. Thank That's, you. It's nothing to do with entitlement. It's about the yeah. third of the price of yours, boy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I renewed mine this week. I renewed my season ticket this week. I was literally sitting there paying my two. £2,800 like literally like what am I doing why is this going on and I was thinking but you know but we're going to win the league in August so you have to make sure they're there for the first game and not boycott in regards I'm sure there's some of the listeners on the season ticket waiting list but I know people now that have only been on there about six years that are being offered season tickets for only six years yeah which I mean in the the grand scheme of what you know people reportedly it was near a 15 at the beginning so six years and uh, I suspect that might even come down a bit as they work their way through a list of people that that might not want and it seems I don't know but there's a sort of well-known Arsenal tickets group on Facebook that do a good job of people passing on tickets at face value and there's so many people keep posting on there being like trying to rent out for next season um, I think there will be you know a lot of people on the waiting list getting, getting finally getting until we make our marquee good sign good for them good for them they can experience a whole new world of pain hurt misery <laughs> boredom and uh, frustration uh, let's end the uh, podcast in in, in uh, traditional style with a prediction you've already said we're going to beat um, who are we playing tomorrow West, West Brom I mean you know if you give, 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 so pe- give away a penalty and uh, <laughs> a very but, you know, one, one game scoring. it's been in my fancy team the whole season 
oh. for that moment. That was amazing. Two Gomez saves. For, it was the second time in the Premier League yeah, history. Yeah, twice, yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, Ricky, what's going to happen tomorrow night? We'll win 2-0. It won't be fun. It won't be exciting. But we'll ultimately come away with the three points and hopefully there'll be a full, a full stadium to watch. Oh well, they definitely won't definitely be a stadium. <laughs> we could do a guess on the on the on the um, capacity. That although we never get the actual, we never get it. so we can't. Yeah, that's true. Arsenal Football Club. Yeah, it'll be sixty thousand. Magnificent support. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that anymore, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. They're, they're too embarrassed. Yeah. Matt, what's the score? I think we'll win two one. I think we'll go one nil up, and we'll struggle to score. They will <laughs> score from a set piece, but we will actually find the wherewithal to get a late winner. Um, that was my prediction for what was going to happen on Sunday in the Palace game. I said 2-1 for almost exactly those reasons, yeah. But yeah, so they couldn't rouse themselves no, for the winner. No. So, yeah, but. Uh, 2-1, that's a good call. Um, Josh? <laughs> I don't know, it's hard to say anything with too much confidence at the moment. Mm. Um, perhaps 1-0. Um, again, I'm probably with Ricky about it not being the prettiest. Or, um, and I just think, I, I worry about the atmosphere if, we, if we're not winning after sort of half an hour of, uh, of people's tutting. Where but, are West Brom in the league? They haven't got anything yeah, to play for. They're, they're, that much. Table, they're definitely yeah, on the beach. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm going to go for a bold three-one. I think we'll mm. actually Let's go for it. And, and the, probably the two goals will be we one all for a bit, and then we'll score two goals. Maybe like seventieth yeah. minute onwards when Theo I was going to say West Brom are thirteenth, but they're fourteenth. <laughs> Although Tony Pulis would love to increase oh God, our pace. Well, he did say that he's, he's, he's going to look at the, they're playing. They're playing Spurs on Monday, so he did say he's going to have one eye on that game. If he could have both eyes, yeah, that would yeah, be even better. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much, Matt. It's thank been, you. You've, you've, you know, considering... Well, I remember I left the game on um, Sunday with Derwin. Derwin said, what are you going to talk about on the podcast? <laughs> Just what he meant was, you know, because this is the same, same thing again and again and again. We've, we've talked about I it. I think we've done well. I think yeah, we've yeah, done very well. new angles and we'll be back next week. Will we? Yeah, so good. So we would have played West Brom and we haven't done a prediction for the... Oh, fuck. Sunderland game. Sunderland, yeah. Sunderland away, which you said on last week's podcast... That was going to be like the toughest game in Arsenal Football Club's history. No, basically. I did not say that. You were the one who said it was an away banker. I think I think the Roy humour comes from your assumption that we're going to win that I game. I didn't make a banker. I'm pointed I out. I it would be a draw. A, in fact, in my official prediction, you took the piss out of me for that. You haven't done an official prediction. I think no, that, like, I pointed week, out they are in the relegation zone. Yes, but you seem to think there was no way we couldn't beat. Sunderland. You were making it sound like we had this like Real Madrid away, and we've got Ozil, Sanchez, <laughs> Czech, or Spina, Matt Macy. <laughs> Matt Macy's going in goal. <laughs> David Hillier's got to come back. Ian Selly and McGoldrick. Well, well, and we're going to Josh, burn about. Josh, if you really want no to fans. take the superior attitude that, you, that, that this, this, there was no way we can lose this game against Illinois, <laughs> that, that's up to you. Let's predict what's going to happen. Now, go on then. Go on then. Give it the big one. We will win 2 0 away at Sunderland and condemn them to relegation, effectively. <sighs> Matt? I think we will draw one all and Sunderland get to fight another day. Yeah, it's going to be a draw. Yeah, I think it might be. I was going to say one all, so I can't. Two all, I'll say. I'll say two nil. Giroud will, will score his first goal since January, if, that, if that's what it really was. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm glad you reminded me I had to predict the Sunderland game. That was nearly a disaster. Uh, thanks very much, and uh, we will be back to see what happened next week. Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday. Bye. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People? Sports Social Podcast Network.